Shomrabyug. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Digital Tiny Room. Welcome back to On Shomrabyug. I am the Michael of Michael and Benjamin's podcast. And this week, it is I who is the chocolate teapot, not my esteemed and very learned and well-read co-host, Benjamin. Say hello, Benjamin. Hello, he needs me because I know all the things this week. You know the um, things? <laughs> That's I don't know the nice. things. Look, if if nothing else, Michael, a chocolate yes. teapot would be delicious. Not on no, yourself. No, cho- chocolate tea, no good. No, not for the tea, Michael, for the sheer crunchy chocolatey goodness of oh, the outer yes, you shell, could, Michael. You could have it like an egg. Benjamin, the only thing that really goes well in tea is brown sauce. If the film intermission has taught us anything, it's that. And, and Michael, that there's a bloody plethora of right owl villains hanging around the Rathfarnham shopping centre. Yes, there are. Yes, there yeah. are. Colin Farrell. Benjamin, do you want to lead us into the, I mean, the more focused blathering that is to follow? <gasps> the music for the podcast. We don't actually have anything music. Very good. Benjamin. I've yes. just seen a trailer which indicates to me that the world is starting to restart and things are being normal again. Oh, yeah. The, the wheels of capitalism and mindless entertainment have begun to spin, Michael. They've yes. begun to spin. And the it's hilarity of it, Ben, is the, the trailer which to me has told me that the world is returning to normal is about a world which is very much not normal. I mean, there's a certain oh. amount of irony there, I feel. Michael, it would appear your buttery smooth segues have returned to peak form as well. Um, <laughs> what you're talking about, Michael, is Doom Patrol season two, baby. Now, um, Benjamin, I by by hook or by crook or through some twist of fate, I didn't actually watch the season finale of Doom Patrol season one. How? I can't remember. I don't remember. I saw the Flex Mentalo one. I saw Danny the Street. Very good. I, I don't remember how it ended. Did it end on a cliffhanger? It it, it did a bit, Because his name is Cliff. (laughs) Hey, you got it. It wasn't a major cliffhanger, Michael. We're just introduced to the concept of the Chief's origins a bit more, um, and we kind of find out all about that. They somehow managed to defeat the negative man. I can't remember how they did it myself, Michael. (laughs) It hasn't stuck with me. Um, Maybe you didn't see see it. it. Maybe you um, didn't. I did see it, but for some reason, it just hasn't lodged itself in the old memory banks. Um... But, Michael, but yes. this season is introducing us to far more of the Grant Morrison run. Mm, um, Dorothy. Dorothy has has made her her televisual kind of introduction. Mind you, she was introduced in the finale of season one. Oh, but anyway, okay. I definitely she's now going to be taking up quite a bit of screen time. In fact, yes. she's the central kind of MacGuffin plot device threat of this particular yes. season. Benjamin, remind me from the comics, what does Dorothy do again? Dorothy is an old reality shaper, Michael. Um, ah, classic Flanker, Franklin Richards. Yes, but she's unfortunately a very emotionally scared and unstable young lady, Michael. Because oh, you know, no. Niles Calder, being the little genius box that he is, Michael mm-hmm. thought that it'd be better to save the world from his daughter by locking her away and teaching her no uh, real life skills, so that Not eventually, great. when she was let out, everything would terrify the living bejesus out of her. That's if I remember what happened with you. Uh, well, that's because you let me out of my bloody box. I want to go back to the box, but no, 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 no. I need a co-host. I need, you'll box. like it, Ben. You'll like yeah. it, Ben. Where have I heard that before? Hmm? Hmm? Just want to get into your box and play World of Warcraft. Yeah, I'm not. What? No. I don't know. I don't know. No, I want to get in my box and sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And play World of Warcraft. Yeah, I'm Benjamin like Will so Smith I'm pretty- in 2019's ill-fated Aladdin remake. 
itty bitty living space only i like it was that ill-fated i think that was both critically and commercially well received oh it made an absolute fortune michael i just watched it on saturday it's very good yeah i i kind of liked it to be honest it was very enjoyable michael much better than 2019's ill-fated lion king yeah well Uh, in the lion king it it doesn't make any sense does it because they don't have buttholes nope they got rid of the buttholes (laughs) i mean how do they poop and there's one thing you shouldn't get rid of, my old buttholes. Do you think um, they're going to go back digitally over films in the future, Ben? I know this is something that you're really worried about, is altering films uh, in the future. Do you think they're going to go back over well, films in the future and digitally remove all buttholes, not just lions? Well, they just keep doing it, Michael. Yeah. They did it to Splash. Did you hear about that? They did. They uh, Very cheaply. Very badly. V-bad. up Daryl Hannah's bottom. Yeah, if you'd like to understand a bit more about that Corridor crew, have a very good video. Where they uh, kind of take you through why it's so cheap and shoddy. Um, so it's pretty interesting. So Michael, Is it because uh, they Tim got Trolls, an intern to do it? Obviously, they just yeah. they just got old old John the intern to yeah. step on in there. I don't know. I don't know if his name is John. Uh, anyway, Doom Patrol Season 2, Michael. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're, we're back at it again. I'll watch um, it. Yeah, I'm going to watch it again. Brendan Fraser's back as the big robot guy. I'm into it. Um, it looks like they got a little bit of a budget pump. Um, Good. With some pretty good special effects shown off there in the old uh, trailer so I'm looking forward to seeing a bit of that uh, Cyborg is struggling with some emotions classic uh, Cyborg Rita is deciding she'd like to regain control of her life which I'm into yeah. I'm, I'm there for that Crazy Jane looks like she's having a little bit of an unfurling of the mind box yeah, um, and the underground as she calls it and uh, it looks like Cliff and Jane might be uh, best buds after all hooray yeah so um, look all of that being said, Michael, all I really want to see is Alan Tudyk back as a maniacal villain. I don't know if he will be back, Ben, because I haven't seen the previous season's finale, so I don't know how he's defeated. I think that I think they're going to have to make a devil's bargain, Michael. I'm, mm. I'm calling it here and now, Michael. There will be a devil's bargain episode, by which I mean they will have to go back to someone that they had previously put in a box. Ah. And get yeah, their help. Dorothy, like you, you did Dor- when you unleashed me from my box and made a deal for a podcast. I see what you're saying. Yes. I do. I get you. Benjamin. Yes. There is, of course, also sad news in the world. Yeah, it's a bit, a bit grim, Michael. Yeah, legendary star of stage and screen, Ian Holm, have died. <laughs> it's Ian Holm, ladies and gentlemen. Ian, Ian Holm, Holm yes. who is probably best known to our listenership for his uh, his turn in the old Lord of the Rings. Or Alien. Or Alien. Oh, my goodness, Michael. How could I gloss over his essential additions to Alien? He was in Alien, remember? Yes, very big part of Alien. Very well, good. no. Yeah, Oh, it was a pretty important role. He was the squirty milk guy. Ah, squirty milk. Yeah. Breakfast of and champions. He was also, he was also <laughs> Bilbo Baggins in <laughs> yeah. The Lord of the Rings. He is. Were you laughing at my joke or Bilbo Baggins? Yeah, no, your joke. Oh, excellent. I know it's, I know it's rare. What a yeah. win. I quite enjoyed but that. But then, I mean, good news, I suppose, is that he didn't die of Parkinson's. Or, sorry, yeah. he didn't die of COVID. I mean, sorry. He didn't die of COVID, so I mean, it's still tragic, obviously, and probably it's still very sad. Be joking it, about so, perhaps a more fitting death than COVID would have been. Yeah, well, I don't know. Parkinson's is not a great thing either, is it? No. Let's let's try and get rid of them all. That would be ideal. Oh, okay. Not the actors. All oh, right, diseases. I completely misread that, Michael, and yeah, I no. thought you had launched a brand new manifesto against the entertainment industry, not unlike <laughs> Stalinesque Russia. I would have been yeah, like, yeah, oh. yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Let's get rid of them. That's an interesting turn for a podcast that primarily uses entertainment and popular culture as its 
yeah. focus. I feel we've handled that very sensitively, so let's, uh, let's move on. From that. <laughs> uh, Michael, the DC animated universe it just keeps churning them out, baby. And Go on. There's a new one coming out, and it's going to be Deathstroke. And Go it's on. called. It's got a weird name, Michael. It's called Knights and Dragons. Okay. Deathstroke, it's Knights a, and Dragons. And what I thought they were trying to do, Michael, is I thought they were trying to pull a little meta Dungeons and Dragons meets DC thing. Right. Where Deathstroke gets transported into a Dungeons and Dragons world. Then I watched the trailer, Michael, and it turns out that Deathstroke has a pretty popular comic book among Deathstroke fans, a graphic novel um, right. that was adapted called Knights and Dragons. And the, okay. the premise of it is, Michael, that, as you know, Deathstroke, otherwise known as Slade. Yeah. Slade Wilson. Slade Wilson, um, which is a complete and utter, which was later completely ripped off by uh, Wade Wilson. Ben, also, also sometimes Deadpool. known as the Terminator. Also sometimes known he's as Terminator. He's had a lot, of names. Yeah, had a lot so of names. Deathstroke the Terminator. Um, yeah. it's, I mean, there's a lot of names going on. Anyway, the, the crux of it is, Michael, he's probably DC's, one of DC's most lethal assassins. He's a big, genetically modified, super soldier type guy. Yeah. What if Captain America was a real dickbag with a blade yeah. fetish? Yeah, he had swords. Um, he's big into swords. And more importantly, Michael, it's usually a bloody medieval broadsword kind of gig. Is it? Is uh, it not usually a katana? No, no. It's a big old broadsword. Mm. And the reasoning for that was given to us in one of the Deathstroke comics. I can't remember. But basically he says his his sensei or his evil sensei yeah. um, tells him, look, you're never going to be a great assassin because you can't really blend in. You're a big, massive brick shithouse of a fella. So you yeah. may as well terrify people with your sheer size and frame. So carry a big, big fuck off sword yeah. as opposed to uh, a, a slim assassin's weapon. And uh, first of all, Deathstroke has a little cry because he's very sensitive about his figure. Um, mm-hmm. And then he says, yeah, all right, that's fair enough. Good advice. Yeah, cool. My favorite Deathstroke then was Manu Bennett. Manu Bennett, uh, famously, who reported a, a really shocking thing that happened to Stephen Amell this week, sent, <laughs> on, sent on to us by good friend of the podcast, uh, Shane. Yeah. And uh, some lady, Michael, yes. took, a, took a number two on, on Stephen Amell's roof. Yeah. And Manu Manu Bennett had a hilarious tweet about it where he asked people to caption it as if it was an Arrow villain. Yeah, it's the new Arrow villain, the roof shitter. Yeah, and I believe uh, he crowned the Flush as uh, the name of the new villain. Uh, Anyway, sorry, back to Deathstroke, Knights and Dragons. The the crux of that title, Michael, and I've used crux twice now in one little Mm -hmm. breakdown, or the meaning behind that is Deathstroke's son is bloody kidnapped. Oh, and they're bloody holding them to account. The Hive, the Hive, which is a famous villainous kind of thing, I suppose, akin to Hydra in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want Deathstroke to be one of their main enforcers. And they're like, hey, you can join up or we'll gut your son. Um, and that introduces us, Michael, to the, the tagline of this little, this little ditty. Never give a mercenary a reason to work for free. Dun, 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 dun. Mm. Yeah. Because um, yeah? that's what happens in the film Taken with Liam Neeson. Yes, he has a very specific set of skills and he will find you and he will kill you. And I Deathstroke, would like to see Liam Neeson play an old Deathstroke. Oh, amen. Sold. But with an Irish ten accent. Out of, 10 out of 10 would watch Northern Irish Deathstroke. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, Slade is pretty close. Yeah, there could be a Slade up north somewhere. We, we, we don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we don't know. We don't know anything about their culture. We, we, do, we know nothing about their culture, Michael. We're just lowly, lowly southern boys that know nothing mm. about the north. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. But so Benjamin, 
Yeah. Why is it called Knights and Dragons? You haven't got to that. I haven't gotten to that yet. The, which, I feel which, you're padding. My, I, I'm always padding. It's just, it, I don't know. I fill my life with meaningless noise, Michael, just to distract from the inevitable. Oh, tell me why it's crushing. called Knights and Dragons. <laughs> it's a story he tells his son. He says, I'm a knight like the knights of old, and there are men out there who are dragons, and it's my job uh, to stop them. The dragons are bloody bad blokes, and I'm yeah. here to take care of business. I see. I get it now. And that's kind of where it's, it's called Batman's about Michael, I have I have a little bit of a, a reservation though, because mm-hmm. the animation, oh, yeah. oh, it looks very choppy, Michael. Does it? Mm. Is it anime style? It looks it's it's not anime style, but it's borrowing from that kind of quick movement style of anime. Okay. And Cap- Michael, Michael, I don't know if I'm into it, Michael. I don't know. Now I'm going to reserve my entire judgment, which is rare for me. I usually judge first and find out things later. That's, yeah. But in this case, I'm going to reserve my judgment until I've seen the film. Deathstroke mm. is a character that has oddly grown on me over the years. Um, I'm quite fond of Deathstroke. I enjoy when he's put it. He's an excellent anti-hero these days. I read a comic where he defeated the entire Justice League in a fight. Mm. And I hated it. Well, you would, wouldn't you? I hated it. There was a whole thing about like he knew the Flash would be there. So he put bombs in specific spots so that the Flash would run himself onto his sword. And, hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, bo- do bombs bother the Flash, really? Yeah. You can hey, vibrate his molecules, Michael. The Flash? Think, yes, I don't think bombs can. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey. we can all vibrate our molecules, Bill. We've been in isolation for three months. <laughs> hey. Ladies and gentlemen, how do you enjoy vibrating your molecules? Oh, no, 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 don't, don't tell <laughs> us that. Don't, don't tweet us that. <laughs> That's not the Twitter following we're into. <laughs> Benjamin Yes Films are coming back too They are The first film to come back It looks like it will be Christopher Nolan's Tenet Tenet On July Which Something or other Yeah Which I presume will be released Ben But then will be Unreleased And then will be released again In a slightly different format That's a little joke About the time travelling nature Of the film <laughs> yeah, 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 it'll be very good, very good. Um, I'm looking forward to Tenet, Ben I enjoyed Inception I like a Christopher Nolan I, I enjoy high sci-fi Christopher Nolan. I think it's his yeah. sweet spot. And I think it's uh, I think it's where he belongs. I just hope that it doesn't turn out that the power of Tenet was the power of love all along. A force from above. Yeah, because that's mm. going to just take us higher. And I, that's not what I'm into. So, mm. But, Ben, other yeah. films are starting to come out. And that's why, Ben, I would like to tell you my why COVID-19 exists fan theory. Okay. Is this a conspiracy theory? Yes. Oh, excellent, Michael. You've unwittingly given me a buttery segue for the next part, but go on. Very good. Okay. So, Benjamin, uh, just recently, promotional material is starting to appear online, as you can imagine, uh, for the new Wonder Woman film. Yes, Wonder Woman. And it certainly appears from this promotional material that Kristen Wiig's character is going to become the cheetah. Cheetah. Yes, no, cheetah is how you pronounce that word. And <laughs> I, she I think looks, you'll find it's cheetah. And it looks like in the beginning she's going to wear leopard print, which is, you know, contradictory, but anyway. And, you know, <laughs> kind of give, her, give herself a big 80s poofy hairstyle and so uh, on. I quite enjoyed that, Michael. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And it looks like they're going to go down the route of... You know, the bad period of comic book movies when for someone to be the cheetah, they would have some eye makeup and a cheetah jacket and go, ah, I'm the cheetah. 
Oh no! You know, you know. The, remember the bad period of comic book movies when they wouldn't commit to things. When Mister Schumacher was in charge. Yeah, for example. Although he mm. he pretty much embraced the look of the characters at the very least. I'm thinking more like the Halle Berry Catwoman era, <laughs> where mm. yeah. So anyway, Ben. Promotional material seems to be coming out where it seems to imply that she's not going to do that or that will just be a transitional stage. And in fact, she will fully become the cheetah, the half woman, half cheetah character. Now, Ben, what I think is while doing that, they realized our problem here is that it's going to be very, very difficult to make this character not just look like the film Cats. Yes, Cats has spoiled cat like things from many, many people. Yes, and I mean, if you look at the character, she looks, for all intents and purposes, like the characters from Cats. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. unlike, say, some of the characters from Cats, she doesn't have a high-heeled shoe or a watch that they forgot to no. CG out. But Or a fur coat to be put on top of her fur. Yeah, well, she, well, she might do that. But anyway, my reckoning for the whole COVID-19 thing is DC conspired in that to cause COVID-19 so they would have more time before the release of Wonder Woman so that either A, people would forget about the film Cats, which seems impossible because jellical cats are jellical cats, Ben, if you remember. Mm. Mm. Uh, or B, to give them more time to work on the CG so at least if it's going to look like cats, it'll be slightly better. I mean, that makes perfect sense to me, Michael. It would also explain why uh, Gal Gadot released a bloody terrible version of Imagine with all her famous pals to try and distract us all. To put people off going to see Wonder Woman. Yeah. No, no, so to try and distract us all so that um, they have more time to guilty. work on the CG. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Michael, it's interesting that you're bringing up the old conspiracy theories because yes. I, I watched a, a movie all about that, Michael, this, this very yesterday. Yes. So, Michael, if Hello. you and I were not born yes. in the lovely Emerald Isle and we were yes. born over in Datamerica. Yeah, we'd probably be lunatics. It, it is more than likely that we'd firstly be lunatics, but secondly, yeah. we'd be probably branded a pair of elitist soy boy cooks. I don't know. I reckon that uh, if I was born in America, this room that I'm in would be full of guns rather than toys. That's also my... Well, th- that would make a more interesting podcast, Michael, because I'd be branded an elitist fuckboy soy boy cook. Yeah, and, and, and you'd I- be a raving redneck right wing nutjob. Yeah, I'd have Confederate flags and guns. Yeah. So, Michael, I watched a movie yeah. whereupon aforementioned yeah. raving red, 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 redneck right-wing nutjobs. Yeah. They love, a, they love a conspiracy theory about the elitist left, Michael. Yes, 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 yeah. About the elitist left. Jeffrey they love Epstein. to hear the stories about how the elitist left are controlling the world with yeah. the Illuminati and yada, yada, yada. But, Michael, this movie supposes... This movie yeah. supposes, Michael... Mm-hmm. That all of those conspiracy theories are actually th- true. True. Oh no! It, it's very entertaining. So the hunt, Michael, is where a group of what some would deem to be deplorable people or people unworthy of drawing oxygen. Yeah. Um, and those would be rednecks. Yeah. Uh, pro-lifers, gun nuts. Yeah. These kinds of people. Say someone of a, a more liberal leaning politically would say that, oh, these people shouldn't be allowed to vote, Michael. And that's a very dangerous right. statement to make at the best of times, Michael, because it's, it's not very inclusive. In fact, some would say it's elitist. It's anti-democratic at least, Ben. It, at the very least, Michael, at the very least. Um, 
And this centers around the idea that basically a group of these elitist Illuminati types kidnap yes. a bunch of these people they deem to be right wing nut jobs and stuff. Yeah. And they, they stick them in a Hunger Games type scenario. Oh. Where they're unleashed in, in an area and then they hunt them down for sport because they don't deserve to draw breath. And and their logic, Michael, is that they're doing the world a favour. Sounds like the deadliest game with Steven Siegel. It is a little bit like that, Michael. It's not unlike that, but this is very tongue-in-cheek, Michael. It's ah. very enjoyable, but a little too political. But it is Who's very in enjoyable. It, uh, so, Michael, it's got a bloody great cast of character actors. Oh, go on. The the original Emma Roberts is in it first of all Emma Roberts from Julia Emma Roberts. Roberts is in it from Julia Roberts yeah the original Green Arrow from TV's Smallville is in it oh that guy yeah um, I forget his name Justin something right <laughs> he's in there we have the oh, I don't know what he's been in I can never remember his name he's the comedic actor he's in lots of different things I wish I knew who he was I don't. Who? You, if you saw him, if you saw him, you'd know him. But I can't remember his name. I'll look it up before we finish with this. And then Michael, the the yes. cherry on top of. Oh, sorry, Dennis Reynolds from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is in there as well. Um, and <laughs> then to put the cherry on top of all that, Michael, it's led by Miss Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank. H Swanks. And Michael, Swank. the best the best thing about this that I didn't realize until I finished reading, it's written by one of your favorites, Damon Lindelof, is the man who wrote this film. I'm not a huge fan of Damon Lindelof, am I? You like The Leftovers. Oh, Damon Lindelof from The Leftovers, yes. Yes. And Lost. And Watchmen. Yeah, that's, yeah, 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 yeah. I do like Damon Lindelof. That's all right, that's fine. <laughs> you, do, you do like Damon Lindelof. Yeah, I thought I thought he was one of the guys who did... Um, that's exactly uh, what I Game thought. Game of Thrones for that's a second. That's exactly I what worried. I thought. Um, the guys, Justin Hartley is the guy who played um, Green yeah. Arrow. And e- Ethan Supley is in it. it who's Ethan Supley? He's the comedian guy from My Name is Earl and... Oh, yeah, he's in there as well. Sorry, I completely forgot about him. Um, Hilary Swank is in it. Yeah, she's in it as well. So basically, Michael, the the premise is that it it actually spurs a little bit of sympathy for people who believe those kinds of of theories. Um, It's it's a much more humanizing portrait of the far right as we would understand them. Now, the characters are not by any means likable in fact in many cases they're not um but some of their crimes are far worse than others for example emma roberts plays the intern to a, a republican congressman she's a bit of a uh, a bit of a i suppose you i suppose you could look at her as the ivanka trump of the the thing let's see um another girl is very fond of guns she's a gun instagram girl oh. uh, just now she kill a ju- lion Justin's heart now you see Justin Hartley's character is a big game hunter oh yeah get rid of him yeah um Ethan Soupley's character is a right-wing podcast host oh no conspiracy nut so basically it centers around this group of elite people who make a joke about this thing called the manor where they get to execute the deplorables that's what they call them um, and they call the the president a rat fucker and, and stuff like that. And basically, this gets leaked, Michael, and the the far right um, pushes this and spreads this, and people take it seriously, even though it was meant as a, a, a joke. And then in oh. revenge for that, H. Yeah. Swank bankrolls an actual Hunger Games-style event um, because she kind of snaps when she loses her job as a prominent CEO. I see. Um, and, and that's the premise of the film, Michael. But... My favourite part of this film 
yeah, is the lead. Me. The lead of this film is uh, a mistake. Betty Gilpin. Uh, sorry? Betty Gilpin? Is that who it is? Have you looked it up on your phone? Bet, no, I know who it is. It's Betty Gilpin, her from out of um, the uh, the wrestling. Women are always wrestling, the TV show. Really? Glow. Yeah. Glow, <laughs> that's Betty. it, yeah. Yeah, so Betty Gilpin is, is the lead in this, and she's... Um, she it's just a fascinating film to watch her she's very capable michael and she basically if we go into spoilers from this point on all right uh topples the whole thing over ah oh, classic like because, steven seagal or john claude van damme yes Hillary, she is, is she is the steven seagal or john claude van damme but she she delivers this fantastically understated portrait of somebody and it's she's just a joy to watch it's just fun to she's, watch her interact with this world She's very good. She's a very good actress. She's great in Women Are Always Wrestling. She's bloody great in this as well, Michael. Now it does yeah. drag in parts, Michael, and it could be accused of being a little bit long. But I found it to be a very enjoyable way to fill some time, Michael. It's um, a classic Blumhouse spin. It's a classic Blumhouse. There's plenty of gore, Michael, for you to mm. satiate your appetite with. Mm. And uh, I think probably my favourite uh, twist that it is the the liberal elites are. I suppose they're kind of shown up in this, but I think the whole point of it is, Michael, that both sets of characters, right and left, are portrayed exactly as how the other side sees them. Ah, they're all gobshites. Do you understand? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that's very much how it's portrayed. Because in snatching Betty Gilpin's character, mm. they have gotten the wrong girl. So oh, they no. thought they were kidnapping getting the son of a group of, I suppose. They thought they were getting the the hapless daughter of former meth addicts. Mm. And what they actually abducted was a two-tour special ops uh, oh, Afghanistan Stephanie Se- veteran. S- Stephanie Seagal. Yes, Stephanie Seagal. But they don't know Jean this. Gene Van Damme. I suppose the best thing about this, Michael, is it's not revealed until the end of the film. Oh, well, you've um, ruined it now. No, I, I said spoilers. You I gave spoilers. son of a bitch. Gave a spoiler warning. It's not revealed until the end of the film. Um, no, I mean, you've ruined it for good. me. I've ruined it for you. I have. <laughs> yeah, I have. Sort of a bit You'll still enjoy it because it's very well put together and just a very enjoyable thing. Ben, I also watched a film this week. I watched 7,500 or 7,500. It's 600 minutes. You watch Rent. No, it's 7,500. It's a, it's a, my girlfriend's favorite person, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's on an airplane and he's the pilot. And there is a uh, terrorist attack. Oh no! And it's kind of a one-scene play, kind of in a film, but Very... about a terrorist attack on a cockpit. It's it's quite tense and exciting. Is it? Is it good. decent? It's quite good. Yeah, it's very well acted. It's uh, it's a one-scene play, basically, Ben, as a mm. film. But it's, it's good. It's well acted. It's tense and unpleasant. Jay Levitz. Yeah. Poor old Jay Levitz. Joseph Gordon Levitt. Joseph Gordon Levitt. He's Poor very guy. small. Yeah. He's a small man, Michael. You would yeah. probably snap him like a twig. Like, I wouldn't, because he seems nice. He's always doing a song with, uh, what's her name, Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. They, they seem they seem nice. Should he cross you, though, Michael, you could probably snap oh, him yeah. like a twig. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I, I won't. He seems nice. Michael, anyway, Ben, what are we yeah, talking go about? Go on, you, you lead doing? us in there. You're, you're, you're Mr. Buttery Segway. Benjamin. Yeah. Last week, both you... And our good friend, well, my good friend and your arch nemesis, Shane. Yes. Independently said to me, I read Bloody Artemis Fowl when I was a younger man. Yeah. Now, when you read it, you were a boy. When Shane read it, he was a layabout college student. Yes. Who who fancied some easy reading. 
But both of you said it's quite good. And I said, I'm an adult man. I can read books. Yes. I'm going to read all seven of the Artemis Fowl books before the time of the next podcast. Ben, yeah. hoist by my own petard yes. was I. A victim of my own hubris. I mean, mm. it's a Shakespearean level tragedy. I nearly finished the first one. <laughs> Uh, I have reread the first one also for this episode, Michael. Okay. Well, Michael, let me let me ask you this. Let me ask yeah. you this. What do you think? Well, Benjamin, they are kids' books. They are. Or they are young adult books. Yeah, um, kids. <laughs> I mean, from the very opening scenes, it's uh, it, it, they are an easy read. They are a simplistic book. Um, there's no great um. There's no great surprises going on in it. No. I have not read the Harry Potter books, Ben, to, to, from which to compare. And okay. obviously, as contemporaries dealing with the same kind of worlds, mm-hmm. not the same world, but the same kind yeah, yeah. of world, boys thrust into magical worlds, um, that that is a fair, I feel, comparison to make. But fair. I'll tell you what, though. Here's the thing. Artemis Fowl is an obnoxious little prick. Yeah. And... You'd want to wring his neck. But, and this is the hard thing that it was for me to get my head around, having seen the film first. That is the point. Yeah. You're like, oh, this guy's a bit shifty, isn't he? He's very unpleasant. And he's 12. Oh, I'd love to kick him in the head. Yeah. Because he's the baddie. That's the whole point, Michael. He's a villain. he's, Um, He's the baddie. Yeah, you're you're on the baddie's point of view. And yeah, that's exactly what's going on throughout this well, entire film. Well, not entirely on the baddie's point of view. There is the whole Holly Short thing and Commander Root. 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 <laughs> but, um, I quite enjoyed yeah. that as well. Yeah, he's got a big beetrooty head. Um, yeah, so, I mean, he's the baddie. And having now read most of one book, I feel I'm in an expert position to comment on the film. Yeah. Um, that film is even worse I know read the book. It wounds your it, soul. Then it is just existing. For there are lots of things about the film that now make sense because I can kind of imagine what was originally filmed. Like Ben, when in the movie young Artemis uh, sees the the thing on television and drops his milk and says, "Not my dad." I reckon that was initially a reaction. To the Russians blowing up the ship and him thinking his dad was dead. Yes. Not, not a bloody narrator telling us his dad was a criminal all along. Because yep. he knows his dad was a criminal. Yep. But his dad wasn't a fairy magic criminal. Oh, yeah. Also, Ben, if you think back to the film, and if you think to, for some reason, the things that they have alleged his father to have stolen... I reckon they originally filmed that, that he stole them. Because think about it, Ben. The Book of Kells. Yes. An ancient Irish book. Yes. The Rosetta Stone. Yes. A stone which was used in translating languages. Yes. I mean, it was clear that he was supposed to have stolen those things so he could learn the fairy language. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. It makes total sense. What have they done? They've. It's like... Ben, I, I liken it, and I can't believe I'm talking about this goddamn film again for the second week in a row. I know, sorry, but I buddy. would liken it to if they had filmed Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone and 
at some stage, someone in Warner Brothers has come along and said, yeah, yeah, listen, guys, listen, uh, we really like what you've done with this movie about this British kid, but what do you think about making him not a wizard? Could we could we pull that off? Could, could we get... make it not a wizard? Could we use the footage we already have and make this kid not a wizard? We just don't think our audience are going to go for it. And then the whole film, instead of being about a wizard, and they don't really film anything, Ben. They just change it by <laughs> adding in some dialogue and a narrator. And, like, for example, Hagrid bursts into his room at the beginning <laughs> and says, Harry, you're... And then it cuts to the back of his head and he says, Not... And then it comes to his face again. <laughs> a wizard! <laughs> Harry, you're not a wizard. We have to get you out of here some other way. Gas. And then they just take him to a weird school where there's a mystery. But he's not a wizard. Yeah, it's no. Like, like, that's the level of... And you're going to have to excuse my language because I've become upset at Arsenal's fail again. But that's the level of fuckery they've done with this film. It's insane. Yeah, no, they really... Um, they really 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 screwed my childhood well, um, I, mean, I don't think it was anything personal against you but what a mad decision what an insane thing to do it would be like if they took Bruce Willis from Die Hard and said okay guys I like what you've done here but how about we don't have it set in a skyscraper and there's no emergency for him to deal with yeah, he's just running around with, with bloody feet uh, that's a terrible analogy. The Harry Potter thing was much better. Um, but forget I said that one. <laughs> in general, Michael, like what I mean when I say it hurt my childhood, a lot of my interest in Irish folklore and mythology would have come from those books, um, because mm. it was the first time I saw it represented. Um, I had read uh, Owen Colfer's Benny and Omar series. Um, Never which, heard of it. What's that? Very interesting, Michael. It's about a young Irish boy who moves to Tunisia with his family, and he strikes up a friendship with a refugee. Oh, um, called Omar, and right. it's about the two young men coming to terms with the difficulty of being an immigrant in the world. Um, oh, interesting! Because the very, Irish kid is an immigrant in Tunisia. Yeah, but it's very ahead of its times, Michael. Um, mm. It's it's an oddly sympathetic, um, deeply moving portrayal of the difficulties that immigrants face in in their lives and refugees. Even, more importantly, even Agent Holly Short bed. Even with her, um, they at least, I, I don't know if this, I mean, this might have made sense, more sense 20 years ago, but there's a whole thing about her being the first female, female. officer. Yeah. And that's why she gets a harder time because she's the, she has to be the guiding light to lead other women into the career. Yeah, it's, it's it, real interesting. It's a real interesting, interesting book, stuff. Michael. Also, I totally didn't ideas. get the idea that Leprechaun was a job. And that's yeah, where Leprechaun. The, yeah. Didn't get didn't get it. Didn't. LEP, Lower film. Elements Police. Yeah. So anyway, um, you're saying they're about Benny and Omar. Yeah, no, that, that was originally how I found Owen Colfer. And then he released this new book when I was about, I must have been 10 or 11. Okay. 10 or 11. And it was bought for me. And I read it cover to cover within uh, a day, Michael. I just thought it was phenomenal. Well, la da no, it, is that what you're saying? That I, I, was I couldn't a, do it in a week. I was a I, no, because at that you point, could do my it life, in a day I was when a you were 11, because you're Artemis Fowl, you're a boy genius. No, because I was a shut-in with no friends, and I quite enjoyed reading. Now I'm a shut-in with no friends, but there's YouTube, um, and and that's the big difference. Um, <laughs> and podcasting. So, 
Anyway, um, it was just interesting to come across Benjamin, that. And that, no, I'm going to yes. I got to go on. I'm going to cut across you here just before you go. Move on. Um, have we approached Owen Colfer for comment? We haven't. We probably should. Should we? I think you should. I think you should get in touch with him. Do you think Owen Colfer would do our podcast? <laughs> uh, no, I reckon he's. I reckon he has an NDA agreement with Disney. Where he's, he's not allowed to open his mouth. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's I a reckon shame. He, he has. I reckon he can't say anything about it. But at least Ben, if you if you mail him and he says he doesn't answer, it, we can say we approach young call for <laughs> comment and he declined. Okay, I'll do that. I will genuinely do that. Um, Excellent. I actually met on call for when I was much younger. I went to one of the book signings. Um, so he'll definitely remember me. He'll remember. Um, you. Yeah, he, he'll, he'll definitely he'll, remember me. He'll renege I, on his multi-million dollar agreement. I think one of the interesting things, Michael, about the difference between the book and the and the movie, apart from the book being good and the movie not being, <laughs> is the the level of alarm that Artemis Fowl causes in the fairy world is huge in the books. He just you finally understand first of all his relationship with Butler on a much deeper level. Um, you get to understand how clever he is because you actually see all the hard work he has to put into this. Yeah. And there's a time I wasn't frame. that impressed by his deciphering of the fairy book, to be honest. No, it was a program on his computer. But yeah. <laughs> the, the years of searching and tracking down leads and, you know, that kind of thing was very interesting to me. Juliet is not a strange shoved-in character. Um, she has a lot more development as we go along in this one. I find that you know it's a much more it, look as you said it's a children's book so the descriptions of the characters on occasion border on caricature but that's a kid's yeah, book I, and I, that's I, the I, whole I, point I, one of the interesting things i found is the characterization they give to butler for example when juliet confronts artemis in the book she says you know fairies aren't real artemis you, you big dumbass and artemis looks at butler going did he not fill you in and then you can see that Butler has been struggling with his masculinity and trying to tell his little sister that fairies are real because she'd call him a dope. Um, yeah. and it's just, but he did meet one, Ben. He did meet one, but it's a really interesting kind of thing. It's a really... I, I find the depth that the book goes to. And obviously, you're never going to get the same depth from book to movie. It doesn't happen that way. But I just no. found it... I just found but, it interesting. It's a much I more mean, coherent story. They pulled off Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. And I know I keep going back to Harry Potter and I know the Artemis Fowl fans will be going, they'll be crying foul, Ben, and saying it's not Harry Potter. <laughs> I but see if what you, you can, did. If you can do Harry Potter, you could do that. It's mostly set in a house. Especially with that Disney money, bro. Yeah. I mean, this is a, a totally a case of spinelessness. Mm-hmm. Somewhere along the line, someone said this, is, this won't sell. Or they looked at Ferdy's show and went, oh, you can't carry off any kind of charisma. Get rid of him. Well, there might have been that, but like I found him very annoying in the couple of minutes he was in the film, and I find the character of Artemis Fowl very annoying, so I think it might have worked. Mm. I mean, it's impossible to de-age um, yeah. Alan Rickman to oh, that age. But what if you could, though? Oh, what a movie. Well, he would also be inexplicably not Irish, but look, it's still... What a movie. Hmm. What a movie that would have anyway, been. Anyway, Benjamin. Yes. That leads us into a discussion about this week's topic. Which is... Yeah. No, not Irishman which is. Six. Um, five. What is it? Five, six, I think ten? It's five. I think it's five. I'll have to check. Otherwise known spin- as our bread and butter. You spin your wheels, I'll check. 
Um, so I, I think the starting point we wanted to take a look at was um, kind of Irish fairies and their representation on screen because we don't get to see them a lot. They pop up now and then. And I, th- I think we've covered this a little bit, but there are some pretty interesting things. One of the dimensions that the book brings is they make it very clear that different fairies are similar, I suppose, to different uh, ethnicities here on planet Earth uh, in right. the real world. In so the real world, yeah. you have gnomes, you have pixies, you have centaurs, you have, you know, all the different types of things. And they're very clearly distinguished as so sometimes... On, on the racial profiling end of things, um, for example, all goblins are apparently inherently bad. Yeah. Uh, they're thieves and chancers and rogues, the lot of them. Yeah. Um, all dwarves are kleptomaniacs. Yeah. Well, that, um, I mean, uh, it's possible. It makes sense. It's, it, it's, is a, it is. That is a common. I mean, dwarves aren't an Irish thing anyway. No. Nor so, are goblins. Nor are goblins, so... No. I mean, but dwarves are generally in mythology considered hoarders, aren't they? Yeah, they like a mine filled yeah. with stuff. And they yeah. go mad from the gold. They and they gold go gold madness. mad. Yeah. yeah, gold mad. You got your trolls, you got your this, you got your that. So uh, I decided to take a look at, at some of where that comes from. But basically, Michael, the whole pact and treaty represented in Artemis Fowl where where the, the mud people stay up above and the... The, the people stay yeah. down below. That's very much in Irish mythology. Um, well, you tell us where that originates from. Yeah, so fairies themselves are not... Um, they're, they're the newer end of our mythology, Michael. Originally, we had a very important sect of people here called the Tuatha Dé Danann. Mm. Um, what the hell and is the that? And the, the Tuatha Dé Danann, the, the people of the... It roughly translates to the people of the light... Um, give or take a, a couple of uh, strange translations and ancient language kerfuffles. Those are also not the oldest part of our thing. Our mythology, Michael, is based on something called the Book of Invasions. Have you ever heard of the Book of Invasions? Let's pretend I haven't. Let's pretend you haven't. Okay, fair enough. The Book of Invasions charts the four great races of Ireland. If oh, you want God to look at it that This way. is getting a bit, this uh, is getting a bit uh, much. That, yeah, that got a bit Aryan, sorry. Yeah. Uh, the ben. four... The, the Please don't say the whites as the first one, because <laughs> you're gonna get cancelled. <laughs> Sorry, I'll rephrase that. I'll go back and rephrase it. What I mean to say by that is the the four founding races of right. um, of Ireland. And I still it's, think it's it in your best here, interest Michael, not to say the whites. Yeah. I still think it's in your best interest not to say the whites. Yeah, I won't say the whites. I'll probably stay yeah, away don't. from that phrase. Yeah, I've, no. I've managed to avoid it thus far on the podcast, <laughs> um, and I'll, I'll probably continue to do that. So good. The original pack of lads that were here, Michael, yeah, were called Fear Bullock. Oh, the Bagmen. The Bagmen. Yeah, it's not great. Um, and they they were our original kind of race. Uh, no, sorry, sorry, I've made a mistake. I've read my notes oh, wrong. Good. Damn it! Good. Damn it! Start Damn again. It. Let me start again. Okay, I'm not editing it out though, because no, our no, listeners, you, our you, listeners you, love mistakes. You leave my failures. In I will, I will. Okay, now, the first people here were Formorians, okay? Oh. Now, the Formorians were monstrous people, mm. okay? And what we mean by that is they were more closely aligned to giants and things like that that you'd find in Norse mythology. Okay, big, big fellas. Okay. Um, and what follows subsequently from that is we have a bunch of visitors, 
Ah, oh, invaders, if you will. Invaders, if you will, because you know it's called the Book of Invasions, and and uh, I've just ah, oh, I've just knocked my notes off. Give me a second. <laughs> ben, isn't there isn't the the history of Ireland as a country, both real and uh, mythological, essentially the story of waves of invasions? That's all it ever is, Michael. We have been trapped in an endless cycle of invasions from so, day one to now. Yeah. So then, before people could remember the start of invasions, they went ahead and imagined there must have been other invasions before that. But look, lads, there's no way this hasn't happened before. There's yeah. no way this At hasn't least happened four before. Times. Yeah, no, it it happens all the time. We just right, can't so get away big, from it. There's the big giant fellas. The, Some so of those survive down in Kerry, I believe. Yeah, they're the original lads. And then yeah. the first people to come are the Caesar. Okay. Or the Caesar, whichever you prefer. Um, then we have the Partholone. Okay. Okay. Then we have the Nemid. Oh, this is a lot of different types of fellas. Oh, listen. Then we get the Fear Bullug. Okay. Then yeah. we get the Two Day Danon. And finally, the last wave within this book are called yeah. the Malaysian, the Malaysians, the Malaysians, the Malaysians, the Malaysians. The Malaysians. from Malaysia. Mal- that <laughs> Malaysians. Seems, that's a bit of a twist. I feel <laughs> that's a stretch. So the the way that this works is um, the Caesar are the the first kind of uh, wave of people to arrive on our shore. They go up against the the Fomorians, so the, yeah. the monstrous people here. And Michael, it doesn't end very well for them. No. They get wiped out by a bloody big plague. Ah, oh, classic plague. Um, and the plague is sent to them by the Fomorians. Mm. Um, so they, they get kind of wiped out. And, and time goes by and then the Parthalon drop by. And the Parthalon have a better way of doing it because they don't try to subjugate anybody. And they don't right. try to own anybody. They try a little bit of a coexistent gig. Um, oh, okay. Very but modern. then what happens there is uh, somebody messes up. I think somebody sleeps with somebody's daughter. Classic. Um, and the Fomorians say... You. Probably me. It's probably me. I was probably told under my great 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 grandfather was told in no uncertain terms, keep your dick in your pants. And and wouldn't you know it, Michael? he didn't. And thank God he didn't, because without him, I wouldn't be here. Um which probably make a better podcast for you, Michael. You'd certainly have less lawsuits. Fewer. less cancelling. Fewer yeah, sorry, fewer. I always get that wrong. Um so um the Fomorians say, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And they yep. unleash another plague and kind of wipe oh, yeah, those lads, lads out. Yeah. Some of them survive. Right. Some of them survive. And then come the Nemed. And right. the Nemed are a bloody big, powerful bunch of lads. And they're like, okay. well, first of all, plague's not going to bother us. It doesn't. And then, they're, and then they're like, hey, how about you, you big yep. giant fuckers? Feck off to your side of the island, right? Get out of here. So yeah, the the Fomorians kind of go ah feck, all right, fine, and they kind of piss off and do their own thing. Then come the fear bullock, and this is where it gets really, really interesting. Michael, there's this is where our history and mythology kind of mesh together. We're not sure where the fear bullock comes from. They they have a, a, a more mythological explanation, explaining them as kind of mythical creatures that are very misshapen. And so they look like bags. They're like standing bags. But there is a little bit of research that has gone into this. And it's very, very possible that they were Greek slaves. Yes, I've read that, Ben. That that used to empty mines. And they would carry bags bags Mm. of um, whatever they found in the mines. 
um, and they were sent over as kind of a first invasion wave and they settled in as they went along. And then our mythology kind of seizes that again and introduces the Tuatha Dé Danann. And the Tuatha Dé Danann can be looked upon almost identically to the Vanir in Norse mythology. The Vanir are the beautiful people in, in beautiful Norse mythology. People. Beautiful people. Not the Marilyn Manson beautiful people. Uh, that'll probably be the fear of Bullock. Um, uh, welcome back to the Marilyn Manson podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we talk about all things Marilyn Manson. Uh, he was bloody odd. It turns out he didn't have those ribs removed. The end. No, he's um, normal now. He's a nice normal bloke now. Often does cameos and things. Um, it's quite entertaining. So... Michael, that brings us into the Tuatha Dé Danann, and yeah. the Tuatha Dé Danann are highly powerful beings. But it'd be very important to note, Michael, yeah. that they're not bloody gods. No. Okay, that is one huge difference between our mythology and a lot of other world mythologies. Yeah. They're not gods. Yeah. In Some the same sense. Traits. They have goddess traits, but they're not gods. They don't. They don't need a worship. They're not. Up they on don't mountain. need a. They're not up on a mountain. They're not really into all that. They exist in the exact same space as us. You know what I say, Ben? Yes? Fucking get rid of them. Fucking get rid of them. Um, And you, Michael, would have been firmly placed in the Milesian camp as a result of that. Um, So the the Milesians are are Gales or Gauls um, in our original thing. And it's roughly thought that Milesian comes from a pretty interesting kind of et- etymology thing. It would have been Mila Espana, uh, which would have been a Gaelic form of saying um, kind of the, the, the thousand Hispanic. Yeah, the yellow Spaniards. Um, yeah, so this is where Milesian came from as a word. They bloody land. And Michael, this is where the kind of pagan versus Christian thing gets introduced because the Milesians, they would have had a much more... Uh, a much more kind of rigorous belief system and the uh, L2 and Adana were big bloody pagans. Um, and we have that little bit of clash that goes on there. And basically, the Milesians are more human than the two and Adana. Mm. They have an L battle and this would probably be where the mud people uh, fairy conflict is inspired in Artemis Fell. There is a deal made, Michael, and yeah. the, the two and Adana basically retreat from the world. They retreat underground and in doing so, mm-hmm. they they submit to the yoking of their power i suppose and they lose their what some would mistake for godlike power and they become the fairy people mm, your leprechauns um, your leprechauns your pishogs your pukas your mm. tyvshes the the whole gang and they go underground and underground becomes their space with that comes uh, a something something akin to bitterness i suppose um and when you understand that they had to give up everything they once had, and I think that's a nice point in the Artemis Fell book that you kind of pick up on, is that fairies are miserable down below. It's yeah, not going they, very well for they them. They don't want to be there. That's not in the film. In the film, it's kind of a utopia that they live in under the ground. Yeah, no, they hate it down there. In it's, the book, it's, it's subjugation. Like, it's, how come you get to go up to the surface, yell bitch? Yeah, yeah, old bitch. And yeah. the police officers there going, look, lads. Uh, uh, just We're only there, going up yeah. as long as we need. Get a bit of moonlight. Official let business. Yeah. yeah. Toss bag with a big arse. I don't know why gnomes have big arses in the in the book. I find it quite entertaining. But it's true. I think because um, garden gnomes usually have big arses. Um, 
Oh, do they? Yeah, it is true though that there is a that that is something from the another th- another thing that's missing from the book that is in the that's missing from the film that is in the book that they they would prefer if the horrible human mud people. There's a bit of racism from them. Oh yeah, mud. Oh people. yeah, we're all savages. That's not they great. Said we, at one point, they said we breed like rats. Yeah, um, which is which is dehumanizing language uh, instigated by uh, any kind of political propaganda. Um, pretty pretty interesting stuff there, Michael. That we'll dissect another day. But basically, the the two of they down and give up all that. They become the the fairies of legend. And uh, something that I think a lot of people probably don't understand about Irish mythology, not necessarily our listeners, but other people and certainly Hollywood. Fairies are not fun. Um, fairies are not a grand bunch of lads. Now, some of them in are our pricks. mythology. Um, Fairies are usually a pack of pricks. Mm. Um, you, there are a couple of rules for those listeners who might find themselves uh, encountering a fairy. First of all, don't go making any bloody deals. Never make a deal with okay? a fairy. Don't make a deal with a bloody fairy. If you can, just yeah. don't bloody talk to them. Okay, don't do it. Don't mess with their stuff. They haven't got much stuff left and they're pretty protective about the stuff that they have. So, for example, an elf fairy fort, Michael. Um, those are seen as the yeah. gateways between under the ground and over the ground. And you can't bloody touch them, Michael. Can't bloody do it. Um, one of the other what, interesting what things, what I think... What happens if you do it? Oh, you, oh they, they mess your life up, Michael. Your crops are gone. Your cows will wither. Yeah, you can't bear children proper no more. It's, it's real grim. A lot of fertility stuff, apparently. Um, but yeah they'll, they'll muck your stuff up pretty pretty hard they'll muss you up they're also big into indentured servitude of humans yeah. there are a lot of there are a lot of stories where uh, right I'll do this for you but if you fuck it up you're going to be my servant and of course the human goes well I just won't fuck it up so and then inevitably they fuck it up and they become a, a bloody servant to a, a little person it's pretty interesting the other things that you shouldn't be doing Michael yeah. the other things you shouldn't be doing is bloody check your babies check your babies because Michael if you have an old pup of a baby that doesn't stop it's crying that doesn't stop it's moaning well you know what's bloody happened Michael Go the on. fairy folk have come along and swapped your baby out with a changeling the dicks um, and there's, there's a couple of reasons for this Michael but the primary one is that fairies can't reproduce anymore They've, they've lost their ability to reproduce in our mythology. Um, and what they do is they steal a little human baby right. and they kind of put it through an L conversion process. And this strikes me as interesting in two ways, Michael. Number one, because that's highlighted in the Artemis Fowl book. Um, fairies can only have one child at a time. Um, or one child every 20 years, I think. Which is, seems arbitrary and strangely specifically biologically. But look, maybe there's an animal that can only do that. I don't know. No, um, maybe there isn't. But also it reminds me of The Witcher um, and this idea of a conversion process of being turned into a, witcher. Uh, a fairy. So a lot, Because witchers go through a lot of that in, in that one. So there's a lot of interesting things in our mythology, Michael, that I think you know, are, are meriting of, of more investigation. There's a big history of monster versus human and things like that. We don't, are there really any, get a look in. Are there any films, Ben, that you feel represent this kind of hidden trickery slightly malicious side of fairies well mm. Darby Gill Darby O'Gill and the Little People is that seminal <laughs> Disney classic that's where I was going <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you, you actually said it I mean it is there's a lot of cod Irishness in Darby O'Gill and the Little People Paddywhackery galore it's Paddywhackery up the wazoo but having said all of that 
it is a pretty good representation of Irish mythology. I feel. yeah, I mean, it's really weird. There's lots of there's lots of trickery and cheating and uh, deals and stuff stuff going on. Like yeah, uh, I, I haven't seen it in a long time, Ben. But isn't don't they don't they trap him because his horse is a is a fairy shapeshifter? Yeah, and 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 leads him off to the mountain where the leprechauns live. If I remember it's a correctly, it's a puka, is it? What's a puka? Yeah. Um, a puka is a shape-shifting kind of demon fairy creature. It takes three different forms. You can have it as a big bloody black horse, a big bloody black dog, or a big bloody black goat. Okay, I'll tell you what we're going to do, um, Ben, and we probably should have done it for this episode, but we're pretty much out of time now. We yeah. should wa- we're going to watch uh, Darby O'Gill and the Little People and see <laughs> okay. if and see if the the relative accuracy of the folklore side of it makes up for what is probably quite racist depictions of Irish people. Oh, let's do it. Oh, I'm right. so into that. That's, oh, uh, yes. Probably should have done yeah. it for this episode, but we'll do it probably for the next one. This, we'll do it for the next one. We're doing a two-parter then, and we go even more in-depth Let's do it. a two-parter, Ben. We will watch... Uh, um, we will watch Darby O'Gill and the Little People, and we will watch the other depiction of Irish folklore, Leprechaun. Did we watch it? Have we watched Leprechaun for this podcast before? I no. know I watched Leprechaun in space. Did we've I watch never Leprechaun watched, We've space? never watched Leprechaun. Did I watch Leprechaun in Space for this podcast or did I just watch it for my own interest? <laughs> I think you probably watched it for this podcast, but we haven't okay. watched Leprechaun 1. Okay, so that's uh, what we're going to do. We're going to watch Darby O'Gill and the Little People and Leprechaun. Oh, God. Okay, that's next week's episode, which is a departure for us. But okay, fair enough. Um, I would like to do a direct call out on this one, Michael. On. If Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell would, would rigorously fact check me on this one, because Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell is a little bit more of a folklorist than I um, and could probably steer us in the right direction on a few different things there. Um, so if you're listening, Dr. Cadwell, uh, your input would be greatly appreciated uh, very for the next episode. Um, and that'll be uh, that'll be it, I suppose, for us for this week. Uh, very Isn't good. It? Let's wrap it up there. Let's, let's bloody wrap it up there. Michael, you and I are firm believers in the Irish culture. That's why we named our website shomrabyog.com. S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. That was, that was a me-level uh, transition there, Ben. I have to say, that was buttery. <laughs> it means tiny room in Irish. It doesn't, actually, but it's close enough. <laughs> it's close enough. It'll do. Um, so you can get in touch with us there. If you'd like to keep up to date with some of our other shenanigans as well, there are some articles from good friends of the podcast, like Shane and my nemesis. Um, um, there's some other stuff to our other podcast if you haven't had enough of us this week we'll be coming out this bloody Wednesday, this Wednesday. with a brand new collecting issues uh, all about the ice cream man from Image Comics big mm. spooky entity Scary spooky called the ice cream man yeah. from Image Comics um, following that ladies and gentlemen um, if you don't like the old formal footy duddy 90s website style uh, contact options you can get in touch with us and the, the very millennial Gen Z Gram I don't uh, think we're the there Gen at Sean really Instagram Ben to be honest um yeah, you can get in touch with us if you're a millennial then on the old gram. We're not on TikTok yet for the Gen Zers, but nope. maybe one day yeah. uh, when we've sold out all our dignity and, and By given the time up. we're on it, Ben, the Gen Zers won't be on it anymore. Uh, that's probably true as well, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If there's anything you'd like to see covered in our podcast, get in touch with us in the two aforementioned places. Also, if you've made it to the end of the podcast, give us an L review on Apple Podcasts. Do, yeah. We'd really, really appreciate it. Do, um good. Get in touch with us there, or sorry, give us a review there. Give us an L follow 
on the Spotify and share us with your friends on your Instagram stories if you enjoyed the episode or if you know anyone that might enjoy the episode please do that we should probably start doing that announcement in the middle I doubt many people get to the end of these episodes do they? yeah we can do it at the start but then people turn off when you're blathering let's do it in the middle get to the content do it in the middle give out Darby O'Gill how would you how would you prefer us to give you our, our shilling would you prefer that? Um, let us know down below. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for this week. Bye-bye. Top of the morning.